Hey everybody, it's Charity Gibson, and I'm here with another very special episode of the Badass Women of Promo podcast. In front of you, you, uh, if you're watching along, are seeing somebody that is obviously not female, but I'm super excited to have Danny Henderson here today. He is the Vice President of Proforma Graphic Print Source. Danny, what's up? One of my good friends hanging out in Texas. Yes, thank you. I'm uh, very excited to be the first man on Badass Women of Promo. So, I'm super excited to have you as the first man. I bet I'm like, we don't discriminate here. We are all about the guys. Happy to have you. But we have you on today because you, uh, well, because you're cool and because we want to obviously get the varied opinions across the board, but also you have a very special person in your life that has done some in kind of uh, incredible things and has influenced you. So kind of want to talk about her a little bit as well. Before we get into that, um, who are you and what the heck do you do? Uh, who am I? I am the uh, VP of sales. I gave myself that title. Um, but for yeah, Performer Graphic Print Source, I've been there for, uh, it'll be 20 years in June. My mom started the company back in 1998, so she's been doing a little bit longer. But yeah, I've been doing sales for I don't know how many years now. Um, got into it probably five years after and quickly realized nobody trusted a, a young, you know, 22, 23 year old person trying to sell to them. So then learn the inside, learn graphic arts, and then went back to sales a few years later. And once you're in this industry, you don't leave. Right. So it's Hotel California. I tell people that all the time. What did you do before you came into promo? You said your mom started it before then. So I'm yep. sure you've had obviously exposure to it, but. I uh, graduated high school pretty much. Um, oh. Went to, there's the dogs. Went to, went to college for actually for construction. I was working construction for a little bit. And we went out to, if you guys are all familiar with California, we we're doing a house on Balboa Island, tore it down, rebuilt it. When we finished, we got told, thanks, this is my house, I'm retiring. And we all got let go. So I called my mom and said, I need a job. And <laughs> here we are. So that was it, yeah. So she started this back in 1998. Um, before that, she worked for my grandfather's uh, company, it was, which was a sheet fed printing company back when that was super cool to have. Uh, worked there forever and then also worked for a separate company where she was selling office products and promotional products here and there but wanted to get into a company I think where she could do all of it under one one roof and I have my notes about her she actually listed how she's got into Performa let me give that to you that's great was uh first of all who is who is your mom (laughs) sorry let's get into that Linda Martinelli um owner of Performa Graphic Print Source uh, most people probably knew me for a couple of years as Linda's son. I didn't have a name. So it was, I mean, it worked out. She was, she was pretty well known. She's been around doing everything in the industry, but yeah, she got into it in 1998, just from an ad she saw and joined them immediately and hasn't looked back. And now something also very special about your mom, in addition to being part of Proforma and uh, owning the company and getting you into it, she also has a big accomplishment with Proforma. There's, there's quite a few if you want me to get into all of those right now for you. Yeah, whatever you want. This, the floor is yours. Take it away. However you want okay. this to go. Let's see. So to give you the Performa list, it's uh, the first woman to do a million dollars in Performa, which she did technically for her first year. She started in March of uh, 1998 and did 600000 So 1999, she did a million. So the first woman to hit a million dollars, um, first woman to hit multi-million dollars, has done it for 22 straight years. Uh, first woman to be a development coach for new owners, 
first woman to be awarded the co-CEO award, first woman to be president of the owner's advisory council. Uh, let's see other performer ones in here. Only person in performa to ever receive the champions award. And a few of these are not performer related. So that would, those, that's the performer list right there of what she's done. So definitely a badass. <laughs> Definitely a badass and pro. What are the things that are not performably? Now I'm curious oh. what else is on the list. All right. So we have uh, received IFA Franchise Award, uh, Franchise of the Year Award, ASI Woman to Watch Award, multiple Best of the Best Awards, uh, been on the Inc. 5007 times, and she's done a lot of mentoring and classes for ASI and PPI over the years. And that's that list. There's a, there's a whole long other list of stuff she does that we can get into after. But that's for the uh, the industry list. I love that. Like just hearing that, I'm like, man, I have a whole lot of work to do. <laughs> so, like, I love hearing that. That is super exciting that she has accomplished so much. And now, I mean, as far as you're concerned too, I mean, this is obviously about her, but so much about you. How do you think having someone like your mom in your life um, helped shape you into who you are today? Like what benefit did that bring to you? And um, I mean, were there any negatives either? Like, do you, you know, like tell us about that and how you relate to that. Yeah, there, there's a ton of positives um, and a few of the negatives, obviously just working with family, you kind of butt heads, I think more than you normally would talking to a regular boss. But it also took me some time to realize that, you know, when I, when I come to her and say, hey, we should do things this way and she tells me no, there was probably a reason for saying no, or maybe she's already tried it that way and it didn't work. But yeah, for a, for a long time, I was, I was pretty hard-headed about, we need to change things. We need to do things like more, you know, technology-wise, we need to update things. But she stayed in her, you know, in her ways. And obviously it, it's worked out very well for her. Um, I don't think there's too many negatives. Like I ne I've never looked at it like I have to live up to what she's done or anything. I mean it's it's everything's been positive it's been just I'm trying to think of the best way to say this but like everything it, it was great to have her there to teach me along the way as much as I was probably a pain the entire time about trying to change things or do things my way it was it was great to have that mentorship to to get to where we are today to where That's I could awesome. be the first man on the badass woman of promo <laughs> I love hearing that. I think as a mom, that's encouraging too. I'm like, I'm so curious about like the kind of the relationship growing up and like my daughter, it's cool to see you in promo because my daughter wants absolutely nothing to do with promo. She thinks that we ruin cool products by putting logos on them. And so, um, you know, and I just know if we work together, I don't know how that would end up. She's way too much like me. She is a big brat and she's super feisty and she has like set in her ways as well. So it's encouraging to hear that even if maybe I could wrangle her into promo that eventually maybe she might say these cool things about me too. <laughs> I, I was a absolutely terrible child. My mom will tell you this anytime, but you know, you have to, you have to get older and, and see that you're told no for a reason or figure things out that they do maybe know what they're talking about. Yeah. And strong-willed kids make great leaders. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I love it. Super fun. So I guess the next question that I have too is kind of interesting because obviously talking about the first male on the Badass Women Pro podcast, so much of the conversation lately has been focused around um, like diversity, equity, and inclusion and making like more seats available for women at the table. Uh, but I'm thinking like just as women's roles in business has changed as well, like specifically in our industry and things kind of were definitely not the same as I think that they once were, I think young men coming into the industry, you know, obviously are not the same men that came into it 30 years ago as well. I'm just curious, like, how do you feel about, you know, DEI initiatives? I feel like I, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like, I kind of feel bad for the 40 year old white dude in our industry. <laughs> that's getting a bad rap just because he was born right in 1981. And now it's 2001. And he happens to, you know, not be a female or not be non-binary or whatever. I, nothing, uh, you know, against anything either. I'm just like, man, like, it's like, now you're the stereotype and I kind of feel bad because you're getting such a bad rap, but like, so what are your thoughts on that? And then also, um, as it relates to like female empowerment, what, um, thoughts do you have on ways that we can empower each other, like women to women, men to women, um, you know, different ethnicities to each other, just how do we get away from the kind of the segmentation that remains in the industry and really get to a place where we're, you know, truly able to um, empower one another and be inclusive. That was like 17 That's questions. A big Let question. Me... <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I always give people like this barrage of information, I'm like go sort it out. <laughs> so, I know, listen. Right? Um, as far as, you know, more seats at the table for women. I mean, I, I grew up in a women owned business. I mean, to me, having, a male boss, a female boss, it's, it's no different. It's really, it's, I, and to answer all of that in one way or another, I think we're getting as a whole country, world, everything too caught up. And if, it, if they're male, female, what race they are, it's, I mean, it needs to go, how, how good of a person are you? You know, it's like, you can't, just cause you're a different color than me or you're a different gender than me, it doesn't make you worse or better or anything. And in, that's what we're focusing on now a lot. I, I feel like a little bit and that we need to get away from that and just go back to treat the person how, you know, how they are, you know, make sure they, they put a shopping cart back after they're done using it and makes them a good person, you know, those kind of people. But um, yeah, I have, I have no problem with, you know, whoever's at the seat of the table. Um, I just want the best person, whoever it is to be there to kind of lead whoever is going to be um, male, female, whatever gender race whatever it doesn't matter to me at all um so i mean if it comes to saying we have to have this many seats for this or this many seats for this and that's the way it is then okay well then let's make sure it's the best of of those people but it's still i think in a way creating some segregation of you're you're going to exclude this person because they're a male or a female because you have to fit this many people in there when that female may be better qualified than that male yeah but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a sticky situation right now. Um, yeah. It's, it's tough. I think we're yeah. just, there's a lot of focus, I think on, on the genders and the, the races instead of the actual content of that person. I love that you, you bring that, you know, to, to, to the forefront and to, you know, put that kind of on the table as well. And I think the idea is, you know, for the qualified, make more seats and for the unqualified, help qualify them. I think, you know, yeah. bring those educational opportunities or, 
you know, I look at just kind of how I grew up as well and underprivileged. Um, I was the minority. I went to a mostly Hispanic school in Southside Tucson, where I was one of like three uh, white kids and almost got beat up on the daily. But also, uh, aside from that, it was just because I was a, you know, low socioeconomic status neighborhood and all of us were very poor and there was a lot of, you know, just you had to handle yourself and you had to, you know, figure out how to eat on the streets kind of a thing. And uh, I learned so much from being in that situation. And I didn't think of it as uh, at that time, that was just my normal, right? It wasn't, I didn't see skin color. It wasn't, oh, I'm, you know, poor. I mean, we're all poor, but you know, obviously there was some economic divide. I wasn't really aware of it then. I guess I was just like oblivious. But um, when I think about just forward movement, the idea that, you know, we we don't have to leave, you know, if there's eight seats at the table, we, we make the rules. So why don't we just pull up an extra chair for the person that would make a difference in our organization? So I love that you brought that up. And then the content of somebody's character and the quality of their character, the shopping cart analogy is, I think, you know, huge. And just the idea that I think kindness is going to win. Integrity is going to win as well. So all just really, uh, I think, important things to think about for sure. So I guess, and if I'm hearing too, or maybe you didn't hear and I'm just making it up, but what I'm, what I'm obviously hearing too, is just the awareness of it and just, you know, having yeah. more conversations. Yeah. And I, I like what you said too, about the, if they're not qualified, but if you could see that they have that, that in them to, you know, maybe you don't have a seat at the table for them right now, but you can definitely mentor them, train them, um, which is the beautiful thing about this industry with, you know, promo kitchen and everything else, the mentorship that we have, uh, I think that's a great thing so far, at least to begin with, or maybe even start there with if we do different classes for however you want to do it, because I don't want to say it's for, it's for one group and then it's not for these. It, it should be for whoever wants to be in it. Um, whoever has the drive. Yeah. That's what I see from people. Good way of looking at it for sure. So I love, I love hearing that. And I love just from the beginning of the conversation just the impact that we can allow others to have on us if we would allow others to have that kind of impact on us too. And I, I really like that you said you didn't have feel any pressure to like accomplish everything that your mom has accomplished. You're not trying to, there's no pressure to follow in her footsteps necessarily, but also it's really cool to have that kind of an inspiration and know that it kind of can be done and um, if you want to achieve it, you know, have somebody that can help facilitate that. That's kind of paved right. the way as well too. So super good to hear. Um, it's super fun having you on the podcast and I'm a little disappointed. You didn't wear the wig. I know we had talked I know, about I know. For next that's time. We'll give you more time to prepare. Time for that. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me give you, I've got to, since I have more on this list, I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make my mom sound like more of a badass to you. She, yeah, I don't know if it's possible to sound like more of a badass. I'm already like, and not in comparison in a bad way. I think this is the other thing that is super good. I know oftentimes, uh, especially females, but I think people in general, we see what other people have accomplished and we feel bad about ourselves. And there was a quote I put on my Instagram the other day from Serena Williams, and it said, another woman's success and accomplishments um, should not make us feel bad or inferior about ourselves, but should be inspiration to to know what is possible and what we could potentially accomplish if we, you know, apply ourselves. And so I love hearing this stuff because 
um, especially coming from the underprivileged side of things that I did, people always ask me like, well, how did you become this? And how did you become that? I'm like, all I knew is that I watched my friends, parents become very successful. And mm-hmm. all I wanted to know, the question that I asked them all the time was, how did you do it? And I quickly learned that if I want what these people have, or I want to accomplish what they have accomplished, all I have to do is trade time, money, and hard work for it. Um, And it does take money. You know, there is an investment. And if you don't have the money right away, then it is, you know, your time and your hard work. And that leads you to the place where you can get more money and then invest more money and more time and more hard work. And you work your way up. So yes, I'm a little bit behind, but I also know that your mom and Beyonce and everybody, we still do have 24 hours in a day. And maybe we don't have the resources on our own, but I can network with people like you, like, Hey, you know what, can you put me in touch with your mom? Cause I want to know what mm-hmm. the heck she did. And I, I would venture to say that, um, if she's anything like you and I know, actually I know your mom, so I know she is, but I know that I could call and ask a question. Most successful people that have been super successful, they don't keep that to themselves. They, you know, right. if she, you ask a question, yeah. yeah, she went out and got the, uh, she's a certified life coach as well. So she got that done. Um, but yeah, she, she loves helping people get to the next level. Lift as you climb. So tell us more about her because I need more goals. So everything you say, I'm going to take notes mentally. And after this is over, after I go through this, um, I'm going to be mentally exhausted. So I don't know how she does it all in a day. Um, (laughs) So before she worked at Performa um, and also a little bit before my grandpa's company, she was, she worked for LAPD. Uh, She was an undercover officer out there. And then I believe it was don't quote me on this. She'll probably correct it afterwards, but I believe it was when my older sister was born that she got out of the police work somewhere around there, but she worked for LAPD, was officer for the officer of the year in her division, worked for my grandpa's printing company. Um, was the first female in sales for that company before she came to Performa. Aside from Performa, she's the CFO of Martinelli and Associates. Uh, she owns two firearm training companies, founded and owns ETC Forensics, a training for law enforcement, owns, breeds, and raises bucking bulls to compete in the PBR. Um, what else is that? She, oh man, it just keeps going. Um, hosts a radio show, Talking While Married on AmericaOutloud.com, produced, produces and hosts Ladies of Liberty Sound Off on America Out Loud too. So she has two radio shows she's on. Um, she wanted me to say both shows are Monday through Friday. <laughs> Shameless self-promotion. You gotta, you gotta put that out there. Um, that's see. a lot of work. Five days a week yeah. radio show for two shows. Oh, she does two shows. Um, they, yeah, they are five days a week on there. Wow. And then owns Performa, uh, CFO of my, my stepdad's company, two training uh, firearm classes, and then still finds time to go uh, to PBR and get uh, the bucking bulls in there and get them all trained. She's had a, I think she had the 20, 2016, 2016 world champion and the 2020 third in the world um, for her bulls. So she's got more energy than I think most 18 year olds do, but that's also why she has done so much. She never stops. Yeah. And so, she raced you. Make sure to put up with your nonsense. That was, that for was her. A handful. I mean, yeah. They were, they were, <laughs> There were days on Thanksgiving where we were sitting in the living room packing boxes for fulfillment to go deliver to, um, we, it was a funeral home we were working with and they were having a Thanksgiving event that night. So their holidays didn't matter. She just kept working, got the job done, but still so, somehow showed up to my baseball games all the time. That's what I was going to ask you. So I know that sometimes it's, I feel like we have to be either or, or always on, I guess, two questions that I would have was as a child of a hardworking mom, um, 
I know sometimes we have mom guilt on this side. Like for us, I know it's super strong. Like my daughter, it's her first day of summer break. I'm like, I have to work all day and I'm in a spark conference and I'm recording a podcast and I'm probably going to work for six hours because I, you know, was in spark and like doing all these things. And so she's going to be, you know, left to occupy her own self. And is that like, when you have a hardworking parent like that, did you, were you like, oh, my mom never, you know, she's working so hard, whatever. Or was it like, I'm proud of my mom. Like, what was your mental game there? Did you even notice? Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, as, as a kid, it, it didn't bother me. I mean, back then it was, you come home and the street lights come on. And so we were always outside the neighborhood kids all playing together. Um, so her not being around meant, or if she was busy working or doing something, it's not that she wasn't around. She, she was, um, but it just meant more time to play outside for me. Or, or go to a friend's house or, or do something. So, I mean, it, I didn't see it as anything negative. It just, it gave me more freedom, which somehow she gave me a lot of as well. It was, you have all the freedom in the world until I have a reason to take it away from you. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that, it worked out pretty well. That's awesome. And then what did, so I don't even know if you know the answer to this question, but did you ever like, how did she recharge? Like when she wasn't, you know, busy working like how does she go 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 all of the time um I'm trying to think of what she told me or her and my stepdad told me I think it was they have a, they set a rule in their marriage and it was they can work as many hours a day as they want uh, without giving each other crap for it and every three months I think it was three or four months they'll take a week a week or two weeks and they'll go away and they'll do vacation somewhere so they they kind of do it that way they'll do maybe quarterly spurts of just crazy work and then okay let's go somewhere get away get recharged come back do it again that's awesome well that's super good to hear and it's I think the if I got anything out of this entire podcast it was just kind of hearing from a child of a strong-willed mom and a successful you know female influence that (laughs) all of this guilt we put on ourselves for not being there you're like I had more time to play outside (laughs) like (laughs) Like my daughter's probably like more time for TikTok, more time that you're not yelling at me to get my dishes done. Like, just please go leave me alone. Get in there and go do some more work. So we got to get these kids back outside though. Too much social media now. They're <laughs> and yeah, that part. I, I actually I was gonna bring that up earlier and I forget what point it was, but it was about uh, I think when you said that um, people see somebody successful and the way you took it was how did you get there, but other people can look at it and be like, well, how'd they get there? Why not me? And people judge their life based on what they see on social media. And social media is the fakest thing in the world. If you look at my Instagram, it, it, I'm basically a professional golfer. <laughs> you play with me. I'm, I'm not, but I make it look like that's all I do is play golf all the time, but or travel, uh, yeah. but nobody's posting when they're really sitting at a desk, but right. yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll start that. Maybe that can be our new feeds. Every time we're on our desk, we'll just do a live feed of us working at our desk all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Number of subscribers, zero. Why isn't anybody watching my live feed of me working at my desk? (laughs) I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) No, that's a super great point. You know, and it's, there is, you know, there's some truth to social media, but yeah, we're posting highlights because nobody wants a negative Nancy and that's not interesting to people. So 100%, like there's so much more to you know what we we see in people's lives absolutely um yeah you, so thank you, you so much your, your life off of their highlights yeah yep and we we do yeah i guess the other thing with that is that we do judge what we think not even what we think of somebody else's life but um my measuring stick is 
you know, my level or what I consider successful too. And it, people probably look at me like, she has so much success and she has everything. And in my mind, I'm looking at people like your mom and like all of these other people, I'm like, I feel like I am this far into a goal that is this big. And I feel like a right. failure every day. So some people look at me and they're like, she's so successful. I'm like, you know, you have no idea how I, how defeated I feel. 90% of the time, because I'm just not where I want to be, not where I see other people, but that's something to take into account too, is, you know, look at the measuring stick and, and, right. you know, just always be better than you were yesterday or not. You know what? Just do what you want. I think that's the other thing is people measure success in such different ways that your mom total badass in her own right and accomplished everything that, you know, she had set out to accomplish. But if the only thing that you accomplish in a day is, you know what, you got to go golfing and that was what you wanted to do, then you are also a badass. You're a badass Mona promo, Danny Anderson. <laughs> I've reached my goal. I've you just... have, you've peaked. <laughs> Nowhere else to go from here. I know. Uh, <laughs> so fun. So obviously your mom, badass Mona promo, kind of talking along those lines, besides yourself, who else do you consider to be a badass woman of promo and why? And we'll let people get back to their day, let you get back to your professional golf game. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, do we have another seven hours to go over names? Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. I don't have anywhere to be. No, I mean, there's might need another beer. <laughs> or a beer. Um, obviously, you, the one who started all of this. Oh, thank um, you. Just kidding. <laughs> I, what was the, it was perfect what you said earlier. Rotato. We got to bring Alyssa in. Rotato. Alyssa and <laughs> Yep. Megan Zezzo, um, Amanda Delaney, Teresa Mazzillo. Uh, the list can go on and on. Um, Kimball Bosworth. Like, there, there's so many people out there that I'm leaving everybody off on purpose. Now I'm stopping names. But <laughs> if I didn't name you, I'm sorry. But there's, I mean, there's this entire industry is filled with badass women. And and but a couple of badass dudes, but it's I don't and I think that's why I won't ever leave is that everybody's just such a great person in this industry. It's yeah. hard to find a bad one. It really is, and so I'm I'm super glad that you said that. It's really true. Uh, you mentioned you know the Hotel California thing earlier. Yeah. I was on Spark uh, earlier, and there were a couple people on there that brand new to the industry, like eight days. Uh, this new girl from ASB. Uh, someone else just came in two weeks ago and they're already involved in these industry events and we're laughing together and, you know, on this little happy hour networking and they're just getting involved and already people that I can't wait to just see again in person and hug and make these silly memories with and, um, you know, so much fun. So, uh, glad you brought everybody up. And like you said, there's just too many to count and too many to name, even if they don't think they're a badass, they probably are. In fact, they know they are. So thank side you so much side that. Note on that, that I have to throw in there since I'm on the SAC board. Um, speaking of hugging your friends, SAC show is happening. So show up and come give everybody a hug. It'll, it'll be good. It'll be good. Super fun. Well, thank you, Danny, so much for being here. Thank you for uh, sharing your mom with us and your, uh, your history. And again, biggest thing I got from this is no more mom guilt. Like I'm just going to let her do her <laughs> thing and feel good about it and just appreciate you sharing your history and, and helping to honor her. So thanks so much for being here. And thanks for being the first dude yeah. on the Badass Women Promo podcast. Thank you for letting me be the first dude. And I'm sorry, I didn't have time to get a wig. I really wanted to have that. That's okay. That's all right. 
You've kind of got one on your face. There we go. This is my long hair. That's all the wig you need. Uh, all right. Well, thank you again, Danny, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for watching along if you're watching on Facebook. Um, just appreciate all of you supporting the Badass Women of Promo podcast. If you have somebody that you would like to nominate as a Badass Women of Promo, just visit badasswomenofpromo.com and click the nominate button. You can also go ahead and share a how to be a badass tip. So make sure that you've got your headshot ready. Other than that, we just want to thank all of you for being great supporters of the podcast and for listening. Uh, stay tuned. We've got some great guests coming up and we'll see you again soon. Have a good one.